Hey, this is River from Sarah Shook and the Disarmers and Nightmare, and you're listening to The Bar. are just dirty damn lies Parading around in a cheap disguise You had a need to luck with lying to myself If it ain't me, damn sure gonna be somebody else I think out the days you were kind Hi, and welcome to The Barn. This is Chad, and I am joined um, with a special guest online right now. We have River from Sarah Shook and the Disarmers and Mightmare. River, how are you? I'm doing great, Chad. How are you? Doing really good. We are excited. You are coming to the Old Rock House in St. Louis, Missouri on Wednesday, May 31st. Doors at 7, show at 8 p.m., $15 a day before show, $20 a day of. We're excited to have you back. It's going to be good to be back. It's, it's overdue. Absolutely. And I think you've actually played St. Louis maybe a few times in the past couple of years. I know definitely once and uh, wasn't able to make that one because of dad duties, you know, probably a volleyball game or something going on. But uh, we are the barn is going to be in the house for uh, the one at the old rock house, which is a great venue and somewhere I think you've played before, right? Um, I'm not sure. I think this might be a new one for us. Maybe off Broadway then. It's sort of a they kind of trade off Broadway. That's been our kind of go to. Yep. You pretty much have like two albums out right now. What is that like? You know, you have two different projects with two different albums out, and, and I'm guessing you're promoting and, and uh, doing a little bit of promo for both of those. What is that like having two albums out at the same time? It's been pretty hectic, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, I I knew going into it that last year, uh, making, making two albums and dropping two albums on two different labels um, in two different genres of music was going to be a challenge. But I feel like I have a really good team of people behind me, and that has made all the difference. It's a lot to juggle. It's a lot to keep up with. Um, but it is it is something that I wanted, and um, I, I'm figuring it out as I go. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you mentioned the team of people. We do want to send a shout out to Josh Zanger for All Eyes Media for linking us together. We've been wanting to talk to you for probably about a year now, and, and glad we were able to make that happen. Same. Yeah. Tell us about Night Roamer. I know this sound. This sounds. This album sounds a little bit different from some of your earlier stuff or your earlier albums. Tell us a little bit about the sound of Night Roamer. So Night Roamer started coming about uh, very shortly before the pandemic. Um, we went into the studio and I remember there was a moment when we were, we were actually tracking in the studio in LA and I, I was looking at my phone and I said, guys, uh, they're going to have to cancel South by Southwest. And um, if I was like, if this thing is like as contagious as they're saying it's going to be. Um, and we had this really sort of surreal moment where everybody was like nah <laughs> like that's not gonna happen um but yeah so we we f- basically finished an album at the at the beginning of the first year of the pandemic and being taken off the road indefinitely with no way to support a new release we we just kind of had to sit on it for for a long time and once i realized that i was going to be off the road indefinitely which for me is a completely drastic and different shift into a different way of living like the disarmers are on the road 150 days a year so looking at a very 
extended and sort of no end in sight stay at home um, was was pretty daunting. And at the time, I was also pretty freshly into recovery. Um, I I think my quit drinking date is July 15th of 2019. So I wasn't even a year into uh, recovery. Um, So having that realization, I decided that I needed something to focus on and something to sort of throw all of my efforts behind. And that's how uh, Nightmare came about. So basically, Night Roamer is sitting on a shelf, kind of waiting for its moment, I suppose. Um, And I'm doing all this work at home, literally just making an album from top to bottom by myself in my living room with a a MacBook and GarageBand (laughs) (laughs) Um, to save my sanity. Um, but yeah, um, I'm sorry. I kind of, I kind of digressed a little bit there. Back to the songs on on Night Roamer. <laughs> that that's um, what happens when you have two albums and two yeah, projects out, right? <laughs> it's, everything is all mixed up and yeah. it's just the way. <laughs> I do have a question about that. I mean, obviously, everything with Nightmare is um is a different sound. But why the decision not to put it out? Was it because the dis- this, the disarmers weren't on the record or weren't part of the writing process? Why 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 put it out as something completely different? So, uh, Night Roamer is a Disarmers record, and that that is something that the Disarmers made and finished, and then we we had to shelve it until we could start touring again. Okay. So right. basically, we had a full album like done and in the can, um, and with no way to connect with my bandmates like in person and make another record, which there kind of wouldn't have been a need to. I had this. I had a, a collection of songs that wasn't that weren't really songs I was envisioning I was envisioning for the disarmers anyway. So I there was already this sort of seed planted that was like I'm gonna have to start another project so that I have an outlet for all these songs that are a lot more indie rock. Yeah. Um so when I made the Nightmare album Cruel Liars, um that was all completely by myself and kind of in the hopes that I would just be able to release something that year. Um, whether it was with Disarmers or a new project. Um, and ultimately, I, I ended up still having to wait to drop that record as well. So there was there was a lot of patience and uh, a lot of a lot of learning involved that year. Yeah, such a weird time for just the world, really. Uh, but I'm glad we're, it seems to be like we're on the other side of it now and, and we can get back to the arts and shows and concerts. It was one of the things I, I talk about it often is like, you don't realize how much how important that stuff is to you as a fan, as a music fan until you don't have it. Yeah. During the pandemic, you're just dying to see live music. And, you know, and I know people tried with all the zoom stuff and the concerts from home. It's just, you know, it's just not the same as seeing it in person. For sure. Yeah. At hard agree there. So not only do you have two albums at the same time, but I know you've, you've done some touring where both bands were on the bill, right? Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, let's increase the stress level even more. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, shortly before Nightmare's album, Cruel Liars, came out, I I hit up the Disarmers booking agent, Chris Rusk, and um, I was just like, dude, uh, put a tour together for us. This record's going to drop like mid-October. Put like a two-week headlining tour for us together for us and let's just see how it goes and he was like river you don't even have a band <laughs> for this project so like like the disarmers are a completely separate thing like you don't have a band for this project yet uh, oops and i was like i'm telling yeah i was like dude just book the tour and i will put the band together and uh you know you do what you can and i'll do what i can i was like i you have my word like i will have a band 
ready to go and it will be great. So sure enough, he booked a, a two week run for us and I held some auditions. Um, the current guitarist for Sarah Shook and the Disarmers is Blake Talent. Um, and he joined Nightmare. Um, he was the first person that I asked. Um, actually, that was not true. I asked Ash Lopez first, our bassist, um, who's also a local. Um, yeah, two of us are in Nashville and two of us are here in Central North Carolina um, and kind of the same situation with the Disarmers. So you've got a couple different bands, a couple different uh, albums and projects and tours. Yeah, it's been a lot to keep up with. January, uh, there was a short, I think it was like a six-day run in January that was our first experiment with having Nightmare open for the Disarmers. Um, and we just wanted to do something quick and short and see if Blake and I were going to die of double duty. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we didn't die, and it was great. Um, and it was, it was like, it was actually really fulfilling to be able to play as Nightmare and then to play as Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, just like a little a little bit of background on that, like Sarah Shook and the Disarmers is like a partnership. And so like there are certain parameters I have to operate within and, you know, people that I have to answer to. And Nightmare is completely my own thing. Mm. Like I, I, it's just me. Like I'm running the whole show. Um, and um yeah, so so it's really awesome to sort of get to be that iteration of myself where it's I'm playing this music that has nothing to do with my my day job, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so it's pretty awesome. I feel like it was really well received too. I feel like the um the energy in the rooms was was pretty awesome. I love the sound of it. Absolutely love the sound of it. You say you you know you created it with GarageBand and a MacBook. You know how were these songs written? Were they written on guitar? Were they written on keyboard? I mean, there's a, obviously a lot of uh, synths and you know layered vocals and atmospheric type sound. How were these songs written and put together? Some of them were written on guitar, um, just on acoustic guitar, and then later translated. Others were written plugged in and just like starting with like an electric guitar as a bass and then the lyrics and melody and uh, arrangement chord progressions all of that stuff come kind of come together at the same time and um yeah initially i i really wanted nightmare to be like a very indie rock project and i was hampered by the fact that i didn't have access to to a, a drummer the first album actually ended up being a lot more pop than I really intended it to um, just because all the beats had to be like programmed. Um, so it's it's sort of missing that punch of like a live rhythm section. And one of the cool things about having the band together now is it's it's exactly how I envisioned it. And we actually, we, I just got home from Nashville. Mike Moore was just out there. We just cut two singles and like ran everything ourselves. Our drummer, Ethan Standard, and Blake um, just like engineered everything and which is also a really good feeling to like just be that self-sufficient and independent but getting to be in a room with these three dudes and actually play the music live sort of as it was intended is such a cool feeling like it's it's very validating and I'm, I'm really grateful 
you know, you hear a lot of artists talk about their COVID record, and it sounds like that's kind of what this was for you. But Mightmare is not just a one-time thing, it sounds like. It sounds like this is staying around, and this is going to be a part of your creative outlets. It is. Um, we're, we've got a, a single dropping in June, and then one this fall. And then we're looking at a new full-length record in spring of 2024. Really cool. Can I quote your uh, press release real quick? Sure. So it says, uh, sonically, there are a few things that we, we got right in the 90s, but more generally, there was a lot we got wrong. Conversations on mental health, non-conventional identities, issues of accessibility and opportunity. We talked to so many different artists through all the podcasting that we do, and mental health seems to come up almost every conversation that we have, which I think is a good thing. I'm, a, I'm actually a therapist with my full-time job. So the more that we can talk about it, the easier I think those conversations are to have. But why do you think that is? Why is mental health such a, such a huge part of, of the music world? I think anyone who is working hard to express themselves creatively, especially on a professional level, is doing that because creativity is something that is an outlet for processing trauma and dealing with any, I mean, a huge range of mental health issues, you know, from depression, anxiety, to sensory disorders. I mean, there's, there's, I feel like there's something very innate in creative people that is constantly trying to sort of make sense of things that have happened to them in life. And, you know, de depression and anxiety is so common um, among creatives. And I, I, um, that was, that was the other thing I was doing at the beginning of the pandemic. I, I started, I started the Cruel Liars project and I started therapy. Um, those were my two things. I was like, man, if, if I have all of this time, which I never have, like I'm never yeah. home. And if I am home, I'm running around like crazy. Um, if I have all of this, you know, the luxury of this time, I'm going to make a record and I'm going to, I'm going to dive into all of this mental health stuff that I've been refusing to look at. Um, and a big part of that too was, was drinking. So for me, getting sober, like, wasn't just about not drinking. It was about, I, I want to, I want to feel better and I want like physically and mentally, I want to be a more whole and sound person. So that, that was a huge, huge deal for me. And I, I don't think that talk therapy alone, you know, you can't just go to a therapist and be like, fix me, like getting better and making any sort of progress is a result of a lot of personal hard work um, mentally. Like there's a lot of stuff that, that we just don't want to think about and we don't want to face. And we use any array of things, like anything that we use to not face that can be unhealthy. You can exercise too much to not deal with your shit. <laughs> sure. I <laughs> you know, know what I mean? I know plenty of people yeah. that way. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, in my mind, like there is no hierarchy of like, what's the most unhealthy. It's like, if, if we're using substances or using, you know, some kind of action to prevent us from having to face our, the, the traumas and the hardships of our past, like we're, we're not living up to our full potential. And I hate like how cheesy and cliche that sounds, but like, I, I think that, I think that human beings are bundles of possibility. Like, I think that we don't realize how powerful we are. And I think a lot of us don't even, we don't want to think about that because it's scary. Um, because if we're powerful, that means we're responsible for our own actions. And that's terrifying. <laughs> I totally agree with what you're saying here. 
I'll meet with clients and one of the first things, one of the first conversations I have is I'll pick up my pen and I say, this isn't a magic wand. You know, I don't have all the answers. If you're looking here to, to get fixed, first of all, there's nothing to fix about you. We can do things to make our lives better. But what you're talking about, and I totally agree, is like, you know, it's really avoidance from from those things that we maybe have went through that are not fun to think about. Right. So we catch a buzz this way or we we find all these like you're talking about all these addictions, whether it's like sex or working out or shopping or gambling or whatever it is to take our minds off really some of the things that's going on inside of us. And, uh, you know, finding balance in those things and in life is so important to our mental health. So I want to say kudos Absolutely. to you f- for talking about your story, being open about it, because I think the more we do talk about it and the more people are hearing these conversations and artists and people they look up to talk about their struggles, the more maybe that they're willing to talk about theirs as well. So kudos to you here. Let's uh, got a little. Thank you. I don't know if you can hear that or not. That was that was the studio <laughs> audience. Uh, and I don't mean, you know, I have to laugh about it. I don't mean to make light of it, but I think it is awesome when artists like you talk about your story. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, just kind of leaning into that a little bit, I, I feel like when if you if you listen to the Disarmers records in succession, five long years, Night Roamer, I feel like you can, there is a palpable sense of change and growth and evolution. And I love all of the albums. Sidelong, our first record is, is very clearly like I am in the thick of, you know, drinking myself into a coma every night and doing drugs and running all over the place and just being an out of control person. Um, but even in that record, there are already some, there's already this sort of sense of questioning, I feel like, or curiosity about like, okay, I think there's, there's another way to live. There's like something else out there. And yours, our second record is, is like a little bit more poised and it's a little bit more self-aware, I think. And um, by the time you get to Night Roamer, and, and to me, like, I, I only say, like, this is not like a brag. To me, as an artist, like, that is really important to be able to see a, a curve of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I say all the time is as any kind of creative person, whether you're a painter or a writer um, or a song, especially if you're a songwriter, if you want to improve your art, you have to grow as a person. Otherwise, you're just going to keep putting out this, the, the same thing. There's not going to be any there's not going to be any story there. There's not going to be any movement. And it's, it's really easy to get stagnant in creative endeavors if you're not working really hard on yourself as a human being. Being in a different headspace where you're at right now. What is it like to play some of those songs like that are on sidelong, like Dwight Yoakam and Fuck Up and some of those ones that, that have a bit of despair behind them? Does it change the way you you feel about those songs? I love those songs. I, I do, know too. That, I do, too, um, by the way. <laughs> I, I, thank you. I know I know a lot of artists that get sober kind of shy away from the old drinking songs. And I feel like I just have, I'm, I'm really grateful to have a different relationship with my songs because I feel like, you know, not making an excuse at all, but it is a reason like, like at the, at that time in my life, drinking was the only coping mechanism I had. And so I'm not going to look back and, and judge myself. Like I was literally doing the best that I could at the time with what I had and what I knew and with the resources that were available to me. And um, that part of my life is a big part of me. That's what it's what brought me to where I am. I wouldn't trade it. 
you know, it, I'm glad that I lived through those things, um, literally and figuratively, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm glad that I made it to this side. Um, yeah. So when I'm performing those songs live, like it's very, it's still very emotional. It's just like emotional in a different way. If that, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's, yeah. kind, of, it's kind of hard to put into words. Do you think uh, playing those songs live helps you heal in a way? I really do. Just knowing how, for me, songwriting is not a, you know, a, a sanitized, well thought out process. It's like, it's like throwing up on paper. It's, <laughs> it's catharsis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't sit down and be like, I'm going to write for two hours today. It's just like, I, I go around and I live my life. And then at some point, you know, my subconscious lines everything up in 15 minutes. And then it's just like the whole song is done. So so for me, drinking and writing songs is what saved my life in a way in those years. So being having that like level of self-awareness to know this is not something I'm going to be able to, to keep doing for years and years and years because I'm going to die was it, it's it just makes things very real, very fast. I know you are a parent. How do you find that balance between parenthood and and what your life is like with touring and making records? Is that is that hard for you to find that balance and, and live in both worlds and put on both hats? Um, I'm very grateful to have a kid who is just a completely laid back, go with the flow, no stress dude. Yeah, I my son and I have always been really close. Um, I was a, a single mom at like divorced single mom at like 22 and he he's a very wise beyond his years kind of person and yeah i mean when i'm home we spend the time that we can together um and as we we go for we try to go for like a daily walk and just have these great conversations hmm. and um a, a couple of weeks ago he was we were talking about my sobriety and um he's just like i know you were like kind of young when you had me and he's like, but I feel like like things really changed when you stopped drinking. And he's like, I kind of feel like we're growing up together. <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, dude, that is the most profound and like precious thing you could say. How old is he? If you don't um, mind me asking, he's sixteen. Oh, okay, so he 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 yeah. understands things and can have those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And and these, I mean, these are the kinds of things that he was saying since he's you know five or six the things that come come out of this kid's mouth I, I remember him being like six and he's like mom um when it's a prisoner's birthday do the police make cakes for them and i was like i don't think so and he's like that is so rude <laughs> <laughs> like dude your, your head's in the right place you're gonna be all right <laughs> Awesome. We cannot wait to see you at the Old Rock House Wednesday, May 31st. Doors at 7, show at 8 p.m., $15 before, $20 day of. What can we expect at the Old Rock House on May 31st? I think it's I think it's going to be great. Um, we I feel like the our crowds in St. Louis are always the best, just energetic and happy and sweet and kind and I'm really looking forward to being back. Um, It's going to be good. And we're excited to have you back. We'll finally get to see you. And if you're listening to this and you're in the St. Louis area, you're going to go out May 31st at the Old Rock House and see the show. And until then, you're going to listen to Night Roamer by Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. Cruel Liars by Mightmare on Kill Rock Starts Records. River, we appreciate your time today. 
Thanks so much for having me, Chad. I was a man.